Here we go, rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out West, the birthday boy, Adam Stenko, just two plugged in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life as we do every week coming Thursday, the going ISO edition as we go long form with all sorts of folks who have touched the NBA, Dan Dickow, the former first team All-American at Gonzaga and former NBA player will talk about playing against Michael Jordan and what it's like being traded 18 times in six months during his NBA career. Of course, there's so much to talk about around the world, and we will get to that. But let's start with Adam and his birthday. We're recording this on Monday for Tuesday. So given how much he, Adam, was taking for not planning ahead for Mother's Day, <laughs> Do you have any idea what is being planned for your birthday? The world is burning and you've somehow still managed to make it about how I'm still somewhat in the doghouse. Um, no, my, I, I'm sure my wife is going to bring it, though, just to really rub it in my face. Like, this <laughs> oh, is yeah. how you overly plan. Think of little details and, and ways to make you happy. So. Uh, and I call it rub it in my in my face, which will also get me in trouble when actual <laughs> when in actuality it's just showing me love and <laughs> and care. So uh, thoughtfulness. Uh, my wife Kate is is wonderful. I'm sure she'll have something special planned that involves Zoom calls and I don't know, maybe people coming by and honking the horn or something. I'm not really not really sure. I just want to sit around and watch old games. So this is my it's my hope for tomorrow. Well, you, are you getting breakfast in bed? You know, I. It's funny you ask that. I'm I'm usually the one who makes breakfast, so I get up right, and make. Right, that's the, so. That's why. Uh, no, probably not. It, it, Do you it want your it doesn't fit us. breakfast? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, definitely not. And even oh, more so, like if it if it involves them, if it involves anyone in my house getting up before me, that means that they're going to be in a lousy mood. So I also don't want that happening. I'd rather be the first one to get up. And and we are all night owls. We all like to sleep in. So. Uh, I just usually take the brunt of it and say, you know what? I'll get up first, get the food for everybody. You guys take your time. I don't want to deal with, uh, I don't want to deal with the anger. But uh, tomorrow right. will be will be fun. And I'm, I'm right, just well, feeling so, old, Noah. Well, here's to enjoying thirty again. All right. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. For the Appreciate it. Tenth or eleventh or twelfth or thirteenth straight year, whatever <laughs> it is. So as we went back and forth talking about the NBA resuming at some point in what form I'm less concerned about the format as to, because it's either way, we're just going to be left with something and it's not going to make everybody happy. And we're going to get into what that might all mean, but I'd like to start with who has the most to gain here. Mm -hmm. As far as players go, I know you've got a few on your mind and mine is more of the, bigger picture of the league itself. Yeah. I, I, for me, as I thought about what it means for the, the league to resume and actually finish out this year and who has something on the line, what's at stake. And in a way with these players, it's going to also resonate league wide. And the guys that uh, I thought about, and while they're big names and may seem overly obvious, Anthony Davis and, and Giannis come to mind first because of their free agency situations and the talk that 
Anthony Davis could end up leaving after this season, that, that all of a sudden that talk had heated up. If so much came down to, is he going to, to play this year and what's on the line? Forget legacy. His case is not so much a legacy, but will we see him as a Laker moving forward? And I think a lot of that, especially after all the talk last off season and, and even before last off season, when it was actually during the season, there was talk about Anthony Davis becoming a Laker and I didn't think it would happen, but you know, they sort of forced their hand. And now if he, if he wants out, uh, so much is going to depend upon how the Lakers do. And so in a weird situation, while we look at this and say, okay, how do we evaluate this season? What does it mean to win a ring under these circumstances? I look at Andy, Anthony Davis's situation and say, well, here's a guy who, if he doesn't get a ring with the Lakers, what, what does that mean for his future? So I think that can be impacted. And then Giannis is not this summer, but it's, it's, it's not, or at least this off season, I don't even know how to word this stuff anymore, but, <laughs> but th- this coming off season, but for Giannis, it's obviously next year. And there was so much talk from people. Well, if it doesn't look like they're winning a title this year and we forget how good the bucks were this season and his chance that's, I think for Giannis, it's not only a, where's his future lie, which I think is the number one question, but also a, a legacy thing for him. Like he was, the bucks were on a historic pace, at least for their franchise. They were cooling off somewhat when when everything went down, but the Bucks were just on fire and a favorite to win the title, at least to go to the finals in the East. Like they looked like runaway favorite to go. Now all of a sudden that that could change, and Giannis doesn't end up with a ring this year. How do we view him differently? But more so, again, his free agency where he ends up, and then the obvious one, of course, to me is LeBron, because I look at LeBron and say there is no one itching to get on the court more right now after the last dance doc than LeBron James. All that goat talk, and it means something to him. And you may recall, Noah, he did the interview last year, I think what he mentioned. Oh, well, you know, yeah, after it came back 3-1 from the Warriors, that's that's when I became the greatest of all time. It's like, you don't get to determine that. <laughs> but, but giving yourself the nickname. I, well, he exactly. did that too. I say for those three guys in particular, it is important for them as individuals to come back. And I think by default that will shape the future of the league, both in terms of legacy and in terms of player movement. All right. So a few things there. I don't think AD is going anywhere. Giannis, if Giannis leaves, it doesn't just impact the bucks. It impacts, I think future CBA negotiations, mm-hmm. but that CBA is going to be renegotiated and redetermined this off season. Because then there it is, another small market team losing the superstar. But then also wherever he goes, then that team becomes a favorite. I also don't think, though, for anyone across the league that we know how any of this is going to turn out. So if you get two to four weeks, two to three weeks of training camp. So what is this? This is going back now to the 70s where in 80s when guys would show up not right. in shape and then spend training camp getting into shape. And then the first right. few games of the season right. were a disaster. So that's the thing. I don't think we're going to know anything about any of these guys. And I don't have high expectations for any of them. I think you could be looking at a situation where James Harden lost a ton of weight and the shape that he's in, maybe he's now not worn out for the playoffs and he comes back with in gangbusters and things continue to 
go the way that things that were going the Rockets' favor towards the end of before we paused the season. And we don't know how it's going to shake out from a psychological perspective, too. When you when you throw in the idea without fans, and we've talked about it before, how that impacts role players, so teams will feel differently because guys are going to be jazzed up. I think they're going to play at a higher level. I actually think in some ways the confidence will be higher. Now, granted, there's going to be rust. We don't know, like you said, whether guys are in shape or not. But I think from a psychological perspective, guys that were intimidated – I think won't be as much. And I also wonder how many of these guys, as you sort of talk about with Harden as an example, like being in shape. I also think about guys that are like mentally rested and have a new perspective on the game, which I think is also going to impact play. Right. So it could be a new perspective on the game, or it could be the, you know what? I felt like this has become an off season and now my head isn't <laughs> yes. even into it. And do I want to be playing That's or true. is the only, or is the only reason I'm out there because I need to collect my paycheck? I think we'll see more of those guys than not, especially the guys that don't have a chance to win the title. But again, maybe the, now the, the playing field will be leveled given that so many guys were facing so many different circumstances during this time. But I do think the one person that has the most to gain is Adam Silver. When the league resumes, or if the league resumes in Orlando at that Walt Disney bubble, if the league pulls this off, they'll be applauded forever. If they pull it off without an incident of the virus, they will be the model for every single sport. If it doesn't work, we're looking at something else. But if it does work, that's why I think Adam Silver has the most to gain here because when it started, when Adam Silver started his commissionership and he faced the Donald Sterling situation immediately, to me, that was an, that was an easy call. He, he did the right thing. There was, there was no backlash. No one except for, no one said, this absolutely should not happen. Mark Cuban right. said... Well, we all got skeletons. Right. He said Do we that. want to start investigating this stuff. That's, right. that's that was basically but, it. But publicly, the public the public perception, the PR, it was all positive easy. for Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. It was easy. And so if he pulls this off, this is certainly this would be any commissioner's greatest achievement. And no, you bring it up and say if this happens the way that he is going to set the standard across sports leagues is of course true. I would argue too in life that the world looked at the NBA and, and players talked about this, that they couldn't even believe the impact they had, but the world followed the NBA's lead. And when the Rudy Gobert incident happened and that day, and, and we thought, Oh, look at Hoiberg. He's getting sick and everyone was scared and didn't know which way to turn. And the NBA said, no, we're shutting down. We're suspending play for the rest of the year. When, when that happened, all of a sudden, everyone took notice and the world changed and they followed their lead. And you started seeing all the sports organizations, as you point out, followed the lead, but also businesses, people stayed in their homes. And, and probably when we look back at this, because of what Adam Silver did and the action that he took in spite of that was not an easy decision. And in spite of the financial pressures 
and and the other pressures he must have been receiving from from ownership groups as well as TV TV partners and all those things. He went the sponsorships. He went and did this, and he probably saved a lot of lives. I I, I think it was almost like there are some examples in history. You know, Len Bias caused a lot of people to not ever experiment with with drugs because of his example and in, in his life. And 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 I think that, that we sort of saw the same thing. The people then said, we have to take this seriously and stay indoors. If the NBA is suspending play and Noah, so to your point, if the NBA then comes back and shows a correct way to do it and can do it um, problem free, I guess you could say, like, again, he would then open the door for the rest of the country to to follow suit. Make no mistake about it. This is a Herculean task here. Without a there's, doubt. There's, there's going to be an issue. It's just a matter of how severe it is. But what will time do for all of this? It's that, that word asterisk, which comes into play again. Should it? So, Noah, I keep hyping up Built Bar. And at this point, if you're a regular listener to this Rejecting the Screen podcast, you know how much my family's been into to these Built Bars. And for good reason. Now, as I've hit this point, I mean, Noah, look at me. I look unbelievable. Uh, my, right, and, my, and, right. And you're, you're doing this as you turn 25 today and <laughs> with the four kids – and you're 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 working really hard. You're working out, built bar. You look you look great. So I, I, I've I, got to attribute this because you don't sleep a whole lot. I've got to no. attribute it to the that banana nut bread built bar. I mean, look, Noah. There you go. There you go. Or the pecan, pecan, however you want to. Pecan. Uh, you just said just, it twice the same way. It's look, pecan. Look. Here's the you can't thing. Say you can't say pecan or pecan, however you say it. No, you, it's pecan. Look, here's here's the deal. You point out that I'm I'm 25, so my 16 year old daughter I I had when I was nine, <laughs> I guess. Uh, at builtbar.com is incredible. Um, and look, I've talked about the taste before. It's the best tasting bar. It's not even close. But also, we're talking about th- these bars are high protein, low calorie, low sugar, no crazy additives. There's not much more that you can ask for in terms of built bar. But here's the best part: with the promo code locked on, you get ten dollars off your first box of built bar. So there's no reason not to try these out. And as we've talked about, the flavors are unbelievable: um, chocolate cookie dough, the mint. I love mint chocolate; it's unbelievable. I, I just I don't know. No, I, I keep trying to tell people how good these things are. Mint Brownie Deluxe, it's called. There's also a peanut butter chocolate. Um, so you have to check out Built Bar. And right now, for Locked On listeners, use the promo code Locked On. $10 off your first box. That's BuiltBar.com. $10 off your first box using the promo code Locked On. There's no asterisk next to built bar as the best tasting low sugar high protein bar out there in the market so the question is should there be one on this season mm. look there there's no there hadn't been asterisks in the past with duncan's title with lebron in in 12 
And again, time changes everything. So in 20 years, or the way this news cycle works, in a year. <laughs> so let's fast forward 20 years. On basketballreference.com, there's not going to be an asterisk there that says next to this season that says COVID-19 season. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to go back and think, well, was that the year that, oh, wait, why did he only play this number of games? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's injury prone. Oh, no, no. It's because the season was stopped and this is what happened. And it's going to be teaching another generation of, well, yeah, well, this is what happened to the NBA season. In the moment, yeah, yeah. Does is this title as legitimate in the moment as any other title, an uninterrupted season? I don't think it is, but it's still a title of some sort. You still win the title. No one, that's the old cliche. No one is taking this title away from you. You've won the title. Is it as legitimate as another one? That's up for everyone to decide. And I don't think that it would be, but it's still an NBA title. If the Lakers were to win it this year, it will, you'll never hear anyone say LeBron won four, but one of them was during that COVID-19 season. And another one you'll was never hear during the during the delayed start of a season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And 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 you you alluded to it, but I don't think there's any greater case in point than 1999, which as you point out, I mean, 20 years ago, we had the lockout shortened season of 1999 teams played 50 games and why I can tell you as a case in point, why people don't put an asterisk next to it or reference 99's title win by the Spurs differently is because their opponent in that NBA finals that everyone forgets because time has passed, as you point out, was the New York Knicks. Okay. Other than the fact that the Knicks were in the finals, what makes that significant Knicks were an eight seed. Everyone forgets that fact. The Knicks were an eight seed in 99. Part of the issue was they had some injuries early on. They were figuring out their way as as time went along. They weren't truly an eight seed. And had time gone on, who knows what they become if they play a full 82. And these players get a chance to be healthy. They work out their rotations. But when you shorten a season, when you start to play around with seasons, weird things can happen. So, I will just say that in addition to the fact that something weird could happen and who knows without fans and all of a sudden somebody gets hurt in the playoffs or we have a, uh, you know, maybe play doesn't get suspended, but um, what if Giannis tests, tests positive for COVID-19 now all of a sudden the bucks are out. Now there's a team in the East that goes to the finals that we didn't expect a bunch can happen. But the wild part is when we look at this, it's not going to be talked about in that way. And even, even look Toronto, uh, wins the title. Everyone's going to remember the Raptors title pre- and you're going to remember the year Kawhi had, but pretty soon people are going to start forgetting the injuries that the Warriors suffered. And even in years past, we, for- we start to forget Draymond's suspension. You start to forget injuries that some of the Warriors' opponents faced as they went and, and had journeyed to the finals themselves. Time changes all, as you point out, Noah. Time changes all. And and certainly as as years go by, maybe this year, next year, we might look at it a little bit differently. But 10 years from now, nope, whoever wins this ring, that's a that's a real ring. In the moment, though, look, something, something crazy always happens. But these circumstances are extenuating. And I know that sure, a guy could get the virus. Could happen. 
I understand that someone could tear their ACL. I get it. Those things, those things happen. But this is the confluence of everything that is going on and restarting and restarting a season. So the odds of somebody getting hurt are certainly higher. And the odds of contracting a virus that has turned our world upside down now for the first time is on the table. So the circumstances, Mm -hmm. the location, the life, all of it, all of it will leave a mark for this season. And I do think, I do think that this season's champion should be looked at differently. And you could make the argument on the other side that, well, this was the team that was able to persevere that much stronger. I'll take it the other side. I do think that this, whoever wins the title this year, given everything that's going on in the near term, yeah, you slap that asterisk on in the long term, it'll be forgotten about. And that's understandable. And that's what happens. I also think LeBron will be the one that, that we, how we view this title. I think it'll it'll a lot will come down to whether LeBron wins it or not. I think if LeBron wins it, it's going to be interesting because now you got crazy debates. Now LeBron has four. Now he's won it with Cleveland, Miami, and the Lakers. A lot is going, but then and you're going to now hear all the people from the other side. Well, yeah, but it wasn't legitimate. Yeah, it was during that weird year. Yeah, it was during. It's it's just going to continue this this debate onward. But meanwhile, you have like the Clippers win it. And everyone's going to go out. The Clippers finally over, went over the hump and win their first ever. Well, it took that for the Clippers to win the title. <laughs> well, I, think too, if, yeah. I think if LeBron wins it, if the Lakers win it, the, the common conversation will be, well, yeah. I mean, if the season had just continued, we knew that the Lakers are going, were going to win it. And there'll be some that will say the same thing about the Clippers. And there might even be some that say it about the Bucks. but that's it. That's it. If anyone else wins the title, then it's, oh, man, this, come on. Well, that's for sure. That's a given. That's a given. Plus, the the play that would have to ensue in order for that to happen would add to that argument. All right, coming up, we'll talk life. And before we do that, let me introduce you to one of the most useful apps I have on my phone. It's called Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. So since you don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and read anymore, or maybe not even to listen to the full podcast. And we appreciate that you all are doing it. We really do. That's why Blinkist comes into play here. It works on your phone, tablet, web browser. It takes all of the best key takeaways, all that need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books. Actually, right now, my daughter Eden is in kindergarten. They're starting what it's what do nonfiction book readers do? How do nonfiction book readers read? You won't be listening to anything on Blinkist, but it's my way to bring her into this conversation. It condenses that all down into 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. And I've been reading The Organized Mind, or I should say, I still say reading, but I've been listening to The Organized Mind, always just trying to better myself and listening to this when I've been cooking and when I've been cleaning up. So my wife and I, Hmm. whoever cooks, the other person cleans up. I often cook. Sometimes I end up cleaning up also. 
um, or just end up cleaning up around the house in general. And that's when I find myself listening to most of this during this period of our lives. And with Blinkist, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed fiction books. And with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. And right now, limited time Blinkist special offer just for this audience. You go to Blinkist.com slash MBA, try it free for seven days, and then you also save 25% off your new subscription. Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA. Start your free seven-day trial. Also, you'll get 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Blinkist.com slash NBA. So as we segue into the life portion of the podcast, we always say at the top, just two plugged in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. We talk about life in a, in a way that is unimaginable. And it was unimaginable even before the death of George Floyd and the protests and riots going on around the country. The coronavirus was unimaginable. Being in mm-hmm. quarantine, being in isolation, Schools closing, businesses closing all over the country, all over the world. Unimaginable. So I'm going to take this from the parenting side of things. And also from the, I guess, personal experience. On the parenting side of things, there is no blueprint on how to talk to your kids about this. And you've got kids of all different ages. You're not talking to Skylar about this since she's just a few months old, but Hudson, you will be probably mm-hmm. a little bit, but then mm-hmm. Bella and Avery, your teenage daughters, I'm sure you're having serious conversations with. Mm-hmm. So we started talking to Eden about it the other night because in the morning she likes to come downstairs and put on the news and she watches the Today Show and she puts it on right at the top of the hour at seven o'clock. Sometimes, Sometimes she's starring see, on the Today Show. So. Right? <laughs> Sometimes it's just to see what Hoda and Savannah are wearing and tell Marissa that whether she likes her earrings or not. But she watches the stories and then we talk about her. She'll ask some questions. And sometimes you can tell when it's been something pretty serious and she just turns off the TV because I think she understands that this isn't something that she should be watching. So we talked about racism the other day and the protests that are going on around the country. And what I think is difficult for any child to understand, and it would have been for me too, if I remembered those conversations as a kid, is Eden's a kindergartner in New York City public schools, whereas Mm -hmm. a, whereas a white American born kid, she's the minority in her class. So there are 24 kids in her class. And I believe there are three white American girls. The large majority of her class is African-American, Asian, European kids. And whether their parents were born in the U.S. or not, I'm not exactly sure. But as a white American girl, I believe she's just one of American, two, uh, two American parents. She's one of three in her class. So the idea that anyone would treat anybody else differently in your class because of the color of their skin is unfathomable to a five and a half year old as it would be to me at that age or even now. So we had this conversation with, with Eden 
about respect and we talk about respect every single day. Every single day before she went to school, it was remember, be responsible, be respectful, be confident, be a leader, have fun. Those five things every single day. Last things I say to her before she walks out the door. Because mm, she understands she understands all these things about respect. And it comes in all forms. So all we can do is teach our children this. So thinking about my brother getting married, and there's a and I suggest that if you if you Google the story, Craig Wilson, who is a USA Today columnist, if you Google Craig Wilson, USA Today, Berlin wedding, you'll probably find the story. And Craig was a friend of my brother's, and he wrote this column about his wedding. So a a gay wedding in Berlin between a American Jew and a non-Jewish German in 2012. In Germany, the start of the most horrific systematic killing of uh, religion in, in the Jews in, in the Holocaust in World War II, here comes together in the face of Hitler, this wedding. And this generation of Germans, many of them that I, I learned, their mindset is do not blame us for the sins of our grandparents. So that's all I can ask for of us is to continue to learn from the past. And the sad thing is we haven't. Not enough of us have. And that's the problem. And that's what we're facing. And we just need to continue to look at the past because when the past repeats itself over and over again, that's the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are. That's where we are right now. So I'm, my, my hope is, and what I'll continue to work for is that Eden's generation and then the, then the generation of her children will be able to say, do not blame us for the sins of our grandparents, great grandparents, and everything that came before us, because this is not going to end when the protests end, when the riots end, this is going to have to take a full generation. And that's what we're here to do. I, um, I appreciate you sharing the story of your brother. And I, it's weird, uh, race relations, I guess, with, for lack of a better term than that, it's something that's always been extremely dear to me. My parents um, came from different religions, but more importantly, they, my dad's Lutheran. We were, they both came from religious families. My dad's Lutheran. My mom is Jewish and they decided, even though their families had issues with them getting married, they decided that love was more important. And so they set the example for us at a young age and said, you guys can decide for yourself what you want to be. But for us, love mattered more than anything else. And so they went against their parents' wishes, which at the time was hard, I think, for both of them. They both endured different things as far as their families went. So, but religion didn't matter to me. And we grew up in a household, two brothers. We just sort of grew up without religion mattering at all. Like it just didn't, we went to public schools. It never was brought up. Um, so my sophomore year of high school, I'm doing, not doing well as a freshman in a public school my parents get this crazy idea. And I played summer league basketball at a Catholic school. My parents say, Hey, you know, you played for their summer league team. I think they'd like you to play basketball for them. Maybe you could try to take their entrance exam, see if you want to go there and improve your grades, do whatever. Like, what if we tried you out at a smaller Catholic school? So I take the entrance exam, do well. So they have me come in. 
and new kids that I'd played summer league with, what have you. And the first week that I'm there, a priest asked the class, hey, is anyone in this classroom anything other than Roman Catholic? Now, the way I was raised, I didn't know the different denominations of Christianity. Like it Mm. didn't occur to me. I didn't know anything. We never went to temple as a family. We never went to church as a family. It was all about, we always talked about being respectful. We always talked about being kind and what you can do for others, but it wasn't, we never went to formal services. If, If a cousin had a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, we'd go to that. If there was a christening, we'd go to that, but we didn't go as a family, like, you know, to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So anyway, priest asked this question. Some kid raises his hand, goes, yeah, I'm half Protestant. Now to me, I'm like, okay. Like I didn't even know. And everyone in the class is like, Ooh. And I'm like, Oh, they're going to love it. And so I raised my hand like, Hey, yeah, I didn't even mention the Lutheran part. I'm just, Hey, I'm half Jewish. And everyone in the class stopped and just stared at me. And from that point forward, that whole school year changed. I was there one week. I had swastikas drawn on my desk. I had, uh, I'd gotten so many fights for people singing like Hava Nagila. They knew more about Judaism, way more than I did, because they studied religion their whole lives. They, they were in classes. And so all these stereotypical comments, when I'd be playing basketball games, they'd be like, hey, just imagine the rim is made of pennies and all this these cheap Jew jokes and all these things. And the crazy part was it wasn't even because I had never grown up with like identifying so much from a religious standpoint. I took offense to it because it was my family. uh, It was my family. It was my mom. You were insulting. It was my aunt. You were insulting. It was my cousins. You were insulting. That's what I took offense to. It wasn't so much. You're saying this about me. And so, and school ties had come out around that time. And that's the best example of any you know, uh, mm-hmm. entertainment that, that, that sort of showcase that, that, that experience. And so I literally got in tons of fights. I, I had, I remember fighting with kids and then had teachers come up and blame me for it. And then I got into it. Like, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm going to defend the honor essentially of my family. Like, and it made me see for the first time, like bigotry and it made me see discrimination. And so from then on and being a part of basketball, like we always see like, there's issues. I, I had teammates that went through things, friends. We'd have my brother's all-star team buddies came over one day in our neighborhood growing up and, and we're walking through the neighborhood. And it was after this time and, and um, we're walking through the neighborhood and some car pulls up and tries to tell because most of the team was black and they tries to tell the kids, this is a private neighborhood. You can't trick or treat here. It was during Halloween. And I, I had it out with the guy because I was a, like sort of an older brother to the whole team. And it was like, told the guy to F off because you don't talk, what are you talking about? It was just a regular neighborhood, but it was, it was understanding discrimination. And I had one other friend who, um, well, I had still a great, great friend of mine who's half black. And uh, we used to date these two girls and same routine every weekend we'd go show up at their house we'd have to talk to their parents first as they'd tell it you know ask the questions where are you guys going all this we'd make up some story about the movies and everything and then but we but every time we'd go over he's light skin with green eyes and my buddy's pretty handsome i, I have to admit my buddy <laughs> But he's but he went on to be an army. He played two sports in college and left school to become an army ranger and was in best. I mean, incredibly accomplished, so bright, so talented. And 
he's just an amazing guy. Like I, I love him to death. He's a brother to me. And so we'd pick up these, these girls and we'd go to the first girl's house, talk to their family and go to the second one. And the parents loved us like, you know, and it was a great experience, but Will would show up and he's always wearing a baseball hat. And at the time, like based upon how much sun he had gotten and if he's wearing a baseball hat and his hair was shaved a bit tight, like you might not know that you may not know, like you probably would, but you may not know just for whatever reason, you might think, oh, he's a little bit darker skin, but you might think he's a white guy. It just, it might be possible. Well, anyway, we're at the one girl's house that he was dating and we're like talking to the, the parents. And as we're set to leave, he takes his hat off and scratches his head and he leaves. And, I mean, then we leave shortly thereafter. It was the first time that her dad realized that he was black. From that point on, she, he told her she's not allowed to date him anymore, not allowed to be with him, what have you. And again, it was a glaring example of this is someone you already like. This is someone that you've allowed into your home, that you enjoy right. their company. And, it, and it, it is this subtlety. It is this subtle racism that like, drives me insane. That, That's like, pretty overt. That well, yes, yes, yes. I, I should say it's subtle in the sense that this isn't the kind of guy that's going to scream from rooftops about this. Mm. It's the kind of guy that's going to tell his daughter, you're not doing that. Even though I, I like this person and I know fear drives so much. So you bring up the idea of my, my daughters in the discussion. I'll just say we had a really long discussion. I mean, it's always a, an ongoing conversation, but we had a really long discussion the other night as I tried to explain to them, you know, how important it is to learn about the history and to learn that the civil rights act wasn't that long ago. And that, People are still being mistreated and that that why people live where they live is partly because of federal government's policies for housing and, and redlining laws and 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 just understanding discriminatory practices when it comes to owning a home or owning property. And then most importantly, how so many people in this country don't value the lives of different races, for sure, and different ethnicities, but the plight of black men in particular in this country is, is so horrific and the way they've been treated. And I just think, I don't know, it, it was tough even to, to do this podcast and it always is. And, and you and I like to look at this and say, let's talk about basketball and as a way to sort of get away from a lot of these other topics going on in the world. But obviously this right now, this period in time, like we just, we, we can't stand for any of this and the way that people are being treated. Right. Taking taking your mind as a listener off of the pandemic for 30 minutes is a little bit different than taking your mind off of what's happening around our world with hate. And yes. we don't want we don't want to take your mind off of that. We hope it's something that everybody is actually thinking about every day. And my advice would be to stand up for somebody. Start there. Stand up for one person, stand up for two people and go from there and also to vote. And it's not just on the at the presidential level, on the federal level. It is so many of these laws are local. Who elects your chief of police, who elects your town councils, who elects your school board, all of that dive into who these people are and what their policies are, regardless of Democrat or Republican. 
regardless of political affiliation, find out who these people are and who's going to be making the laws on the local level. And when you start there, it then will build up. You can find us on Instagram at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at NaysmithLives. Make sure you send him a happy birthday message. That's how we'll really find out how many people are listening to this. If people actually start wishing you happy birthday on Twitter. Mm. Or you could just say, thanks for all the birthday wishes. If, if you didn't get any, and then all of a sudden you start oh. getting some. <laughs> you can always pull that move. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Remember the Going ISO edition every Thursday on Rejecting the Screen. This week, it's Dan Dickow, the former NBA guard and the Gonzaga legend, the 2002 first-round pick after being a first-team All-American with the Zags. Everything else going on on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you just say, like for our podcast, for example, I've got my Amazon device maybe about 10 feet to my right, so I'm going to try this. Alexa, play Rejecting the Screen podcast. Alexa, thank you. Alexa, off. You don't. You don't have to thank her. Easy as that. Easy as that. And and it just played the most. It was about to play the most recent edition, which is the. Oh, and now there's the music. Alexa, off. My goodness. Don't worry, we couldn't hear it. So couldn't hear started it. playing the music, and there was the most recent edition of rejecting the screen. It's pretty simple. Also, the locked on NBA five days a week. Locked on Fantasy Hoops with Josh Lloyd and Hollinger and Duncan every Monday. And of course, your team every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This podcast brought to you by Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, great tasting, high protein, low sugar, candy bar-like protein bars. Use the promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first order. Adam, happy birthday, pal. Thanks, Noah. You are the best.